Look inside your tiny mind and look a bit harder Cause we're so uninspired, so sick and tired Of all the hatred you harbor So you say, it's not okay to be gay Well I think you're just evil You're just some racist who can't tie my laces Your point of view is medieval podcast. Today is Saturday, January the 7th, 2017. And we've had um, some really, really cold weather here in the Pacific Northwest, um, here in the Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington area. We've got a little bit of snow on the ground right now. Um, some pretty cold temperatures. And so it's um, making it a little difficult for some people to get around. Um, uh, and when I say cold, it is really cold for here um, because um, we're just not used to having um, temperatures in the 20s where, and you have wind chills that are down into the teens. So people here aren't really used to it. Now I'm originally from Missouri, so I kind of know what cold weather is. Um, but I'm not used to it anymore, so I kind of wish it would warm up just a little bit, but I really don't want all the rain to come back either, so, because that just depresses me. <laughs> all the rain and all the um, gray skies, it gets old after a while, let me tell you. Um, so, um, it's been a fairly, um, you know, fairly just normal week. Not a lot has been happening. I'm uh, uh, enjoying the new position at work still. Um, uh, and I'm actually on call. I've been on call all this week and this weekend. So, I kind of have to stay close to home and keep my work phone close by. Um, because if there's any problems at any of the properties, then I have to make sure that that's taken care of. So anyway, um, I, you know, um, any of you that are listening to the podcast or that follow me, um, you know, any advice or any um, anything, you know, that you could you know, maybe give me some advice, uh, give me some constructive criticism on things that I could do better, uh, you know, uh, maybe some subjects you'd like to hear about or, you know, anything in my lineup or in the way I do things. Uh, if you think I could make that better, I welcome your ideas, I welcome your advice. So I just want to put that out there for you. Um, and then, of course, my I've got about another month to go until I go back for my my next step for my weight loss surgery. And you know, I know there's a lot of controversy around weight loss surgery. 
Um, you know, you hear people say things like, oh, you're taking the easy way out, or, you know, if you would just work hard and diet and exercise. Well, um, I want to talk about this for a little bit in this podcast because, um, you know, Lori's gone through the weight loss surgery and she's doing really great. She's lost about 65 pounds from her highest weight to now. And um, she's doing, you know, really great. She's, you know, really gotten into um, the scheduling of her eating, making sure she gets enough protein, making sure she gets all of her water in, you know, and um, and the whole thing with the, you know, people saying that, oh, you're taking the easy way out. Well, that's just not true because, um, you know, with both of us, we have both dieted, we've both lost weight before, and then we gain it back. And then, you know, we exercise, we've dieted, we've done all of those things um, for many, many years, and we just end up back in the same place where we reach another um, heaviest weight. And um, going through this surgery is not an easy thing. Anyone who thinks that, that's not true because you have to completely change your lifestyle. You have to completely change your mindset. Um, there are a lot of, there's a lot of physical changes, yes, but you know, um, the most significant changes are the emotional ones and the, the personal ones in your personal life um, because um, so many times you have um, some people have family that don't support you in the decision. You may have a spouse or significant other that's not supporting you uh, in the decision. And, you know, um, we're in lots of uh, support groups and Facebook groups and things like that with people that have had the surgery. And um, there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes on because food is a very very um, important and strong and motiv motivating thing in our lives and for um, you know and then you go through this surgery where you can't use that as a crutch anymore I mean you can't you know you can't eat all you want emotionally eat and you know go eat sweets and all those types of things um, you can't um, you can't medicate yourself anymore with food, and you know it, it takes a it takes a strong person to go through this, and you know it. And you really find out as far as the people around you, uh, what kind of people they truly are, because there are a lot of people that I know even personally in my own life, and um, in these support groups, that their spouses end up leaving them because they've gone because they go through this change and um, you know they lose this weight and they get this uh, they get their self-confidence back and um, these these uh, spouses can't handle it um, because I, I think a lot of it is um, they lose that emotional control uh, when that person gets their you know, their self-confidence and their strength back, and 
and they can't handle it, and they don't like it, and um, it, it causes a lot of problems in relationships, and you have to be really strong people, um, and you, you have to really educate yourselves. So, um, just like with Lori and I working through it together, you know, um, I don't think we're going to have those issues because we're going through this together. And, um, but I, I just wanted to touch base with the whole, you're, uh, you're taking the easy way out and blah, 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 blah. That's just not true. And uh, let me tell you, no one better not ever say that to me because I'm going to tell you to kiss my ass because it's not true. And luckily, Lori and I, pretty much everyone that we've told, have been supportive in the decision that we've made to have this done. Because here's the thing about Lori and I. <clears throat> um, yes, we're overweight, but deep down in our hearts, <laughs> we're outdoorsy people. We like to bike and, and hike and all those kinds of things. And we... Um, it was just difficult, and we weren't able to do it at our weight and, and the shape that we were. So, um, you know, and we're not getting any younger, so we're making this decision to do this, to be healthy, to lead healthier, fuller, active lives. So, um, pretty much just like with anything else, you know, um, if you can't support me in the decision, um, you know, just don't say anything, but don't talk down to me about it, and don't judge me, and don't accuse me of being weak and taking the, the easy way out, because it's not true. Okay, so, um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, we'll, uh, I'm going to go over some of the news from this week. Of course, there was the shooting at the Fort Lauderdale, Florida airport. Um, my hearts and prayers go out to those involved in that situation. Um, you know, and I could do a whole uh, podcast, well I could probably do more than one podcast on how I feel about um, gun control and guns in this country. Um, now, here's the thing. Do I hate guns? No. I don't hate guns, but I hate the irresponsibility, and I hate this um, obsession and this love of guns. It's like, it's this power trip that the United States has. But then again, I mean, we wouldn't, we shouldn't really be surprised by that, because, I mean, look at the history of this country. I mean, I mean, we have a history of being a, a violent people. I mean, we came in here and raped and pillaged and killed and murdered, uh, you know, the Native Americans. You know, we got big into the slave trade and, I mean, you know, and we're just known for being, um, we started out being an aggressive, violent nation and guess what? We still are. And you know, as far as uh, guns, I don't want guns completely taken away. 
and all those dumbasses that are out there saying that's what the Democrats want, that's what uh, President Obama wanted, that's what Hillary wanted, that's just not fucking true and stop saying it. Nobody wants to take all the guns away. What we want is responsi responsible gun owners. What we want, okay, let me say, what I want is for people to have to pass background tests. I think you need to uh, be able to pass um, mental tests. And I think you need to have to, um, I mean, take actual written tests. And I think you need to have to come back and check and check in, you know, in a couple of years and have your license redone. Just like with driving a car. I mean, we've got to do something to keep these um, illegal guns out of uh, people's hands and out of people with uh, um, mental issues. We've, we've got to do something. I mean, and you know, and the, and the NRA and the GOP and, you know, all those other assholes that all they're worried about is, don't take my guns. Well, I, I don't want to take your guns, but I want you to be responsible, you know, because, I mean, just this year, how many stories were there in the news of children getting a hold of a loaded gun laying around the house and accidentally killing somebody? But then the, the parent or the adult responsible for that, um, they don't want to be blamed for it. Well, you know what? Somebody's to blame, and it is you, the gun owner. It is your fault. You should have to pay for it. That's the way I feel, and nobody's going to change my mind on that. Um, you know, and don't give me your argument of, well, um, we should be able to have guns to protect ourselves uh, from our government and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, and they start on with that crap. And I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to listen to it. And I'm not going to listen to it anymore. In fact, there's a lot of the stuff that um, I'm not going to listen to. I'm going to call people out on their bullshit um, because... You know, like I've said before, I think we, um, as the progressive and um, those of us on the left, you know, we pride ourselves on uh, being open-minded and trying to, um, you know, walk that middle line and, you know, let's let's do the right thing, and you know, and I and I do, I still believe in all that, but we've done that enough. And, I mean, look what's happened to us now. We've got um, Cheetolini baby hands as our, um, as our uh, leader, going to be our president. And, well, he's not going to be my president. I'm never going to say that. But um, he's going to be the leader of this country. And I know one thing, over the next four years, as he keeps backing out on all of his promises that he made on his campaign, 
you know, I've, I've heard some people say, well, we've got to welcome, um, you know, his supporters and his voters in when, when they realize and they want to join forces with us. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's going to be really, really hard for me because of all the shit that has gone down that it has been okay for him to do. But let somebody else do half of the things or or have half of the things happen that is going on with him. Um, President Obama or Hillary, either one. I mean, you know, imagine if they had been accused of some of the things he's been accused of. Um, so, my days of playing nice are pretty much over. And I'm going to tell it like it is. I've always been that way. I'm going to tell it like it is. Um, yes, I am opinionated, and there are times that I am going to probably use very rude language, and I am going to sound um, not very nice at all. But I feel like that's what we're going to have to do. We, we have got to fight. We have got to resist. We have got to step forward and say enough is enough and you know um, I, I'm really nervous about what's going to happen with this country because I look at the cabinet that he has put into place and his administration and not only is it a joke but it's scary I mean it's really scary and you know I, I think we've really got to stop, you know, sitting at our computers on Twitter or on Facebook and complaining. We've got to get out and do something. I mean, I know I've started going to my um, my local um, Democratic committee meetings, and I'm going to become involved, and um, because. We just can't allow this to happen. We cannot allow this great country to be taken down by this band of fools. And I just pray there's enough of us out here that are ready to ready to fight, ready to resist, ready to stand up, and ready to do what it takes and to stop tiptoeing around and trying to be nice. I'm not going to do it. Those, you know, I tried that. Let's. You know, let's unite. Let's uh, let's work together. Well, it's not working out that way because look, one of my main things that I'm having problems with is our media. They are not calling him out on things. They are not calling Mike Pence out. They're not calling when they're having when they're interviewing these assholes. They're not calling Trump out on his Russian ties and his um, being accused of abusing a young girl. They're not calling him out on all this stuff. And, I mean, come on, he's on, you know, he's in this high security meeting, and then he comes out of this meeting, and what does he start tweeting about? 
Well, basically, he starts tweeting about The Apprentice and how much better at it he was than Arnold. I mean, he's an embarrassment. He, he's an embarrassment, and we should all be ashamed, and we should all be really scared of what's coming down the pike for us because he has no idea what he's doing. He doesn't have the intelligence to do it. And look at the people he's got backing him up. They're going to send us back. The, any progress that President Obama made, um, you know, he's just going to, he's going to ruin that. And we can't stand by and let that happen. We've got to do something. Okay, so I'm going to move on. Um, so I know you're probably tired of hearing me uh, go on, on about this subject. So um, I guess um, we could go ahead and move on. Um, so let's just go over and check out some of the tweets of the week from um, from the Cittolini. Um Just let me um, get over here to his um, his tweets really quick here. Um, and of course, I have kept up the great um, the great job of tweeting him several times a day, demanding that he bring that he release his taxes. Um, so here's one of the tweets today, and I and I replied to him on this one, but he and here's the tweet. It says, "I look very much forward to meeting Prime Minister Theresa May in Washington in the spring, Britain, a long time." U.S. ally is very special, and I pretty much replied to him and told him, "Could you just stop?" Because he doesn't even know how to speak and talk correctly. And I mean, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm also not going to be president of the United States. So um, he's had some other tweets in here. Um, let's see, having a good relationship with Russia is a good thing, not a bad thing. Only stupid people or fools would think it's bad. Now, yeah, I, you know what? I don't even have any words for that because he, he is such a flipping idiot. I can't. It's just, it just amazes me that this is who is going to be leading our country. I mean, it just amazes me. Um, so, it, it looks like it's getting about time for me to start winding down here a little bit. So, um, let's just go ahead and see um, what else has been going on. And it looks like um, another one of the things is that um, Donald Trump has ordered all Obama am ambassadors to quit by inaugura inauguration day without exception. So, um, and then the article says, for decades U.S. ambassadors politically appointed by an outgoing president have been able to request an extension until Congress confirms their replacement, selecting an incoming, selected by an incoming president. But President-elect Trump has informed all ambassadors that they must resign by January 20th, without exceptions, according to a December 23rd State Department cable. 
This will leave many key U.S. allies, Britain, Germany, Canada, Japan, without a U.S. ambassador for up to several months. But it also envoys with school-age children, as Trump does, scrambling to figure out what to do. Um, so, basically, he's not really giving a grace period. He's and and he's just trying to play a power move. And he's, um, you know, because of his little penis, he's trying to act like he's, um, you know, he's he's the big Kahuna, you know, and. Um, you know, I don't know what he is hoping to get by doing something like this, but I don't know. To the majority of us, he's just a big orange asshole. And, I mean, that's about all I can say about it. So, okay, so before I sign off, I want to go over um, this too. Um, I want to play this for you. This is... Some members of the United Kingdom Parliament, um, and just some of the things that they have to say about Donald Trump. So let's go ahead and listen to this real quick. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Roasting beef. Do you not think it's better that we just roast Trump? is free to be a fool, but he's not free to be a dangerous fool in Britain. He is a wazzock. His words are not comical. His words are poisonous. Donald Trump is a buffoon. No, a buffoon. Buffoonery. Daft and offensive. Nasty, abusive, racist tweets. Not a criminal, a buffoon. Bring him here. Let us have the opportunity to challenge him and let him go home with his tail between his legs. Ultimately, buffoonery should not be met with the blunt instrument of a ban, but with the classic British response of ridicule. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah, I I found that really amusing. And one thing I know that I can't wait to be able to say to Donald Trump, and I know there's several of us um, that feel this way. You're fired! And with that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I do want to tell everyone to be blessed, be kind to one another, and I will see you soon. Look inside, look inside your tiny mind, and look a bit harder. Cause we're so uninspired, so sick and tired Of all the hatred you harbor So you say, it's not okay to be gay Well I think you're just evil You're just some racist who can't tie my laces Your point of view